Week four of the NFL is done and dusted, and I'm joined once again by the dream team. First off, back in Carson Stately Manor after a little trip stateside. Mike Carlson, welcome home. Ah, uh, yes, it's lovely to be home. In fact, the sun's out today in a rare, uh, making a rare appearance in the southern part of, of Great Britain. I only had to queue up for about 10 minutes to get petrol. Uh, when, when I returned, the uh, supermarket shelves are only about 30% empty. It's great to be home. Interesting. Okay. Nice political statement to start the show. Brilliant. Uh, John. No, it's, not, it's uh, not political. It's uh, just a statement of fact. Statement of fact, of course, of course. Um, and John Bath joins yeah. us. Of course, you and I are in Ireland where the sun yeah, rarely shines, all, but we do have petrol and bread. All the petrol and bread I could possibly need. So yeah, I'll yeah. be out here swimming in the stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Showering, showering in petrol. Um, as said, week four is done and dusted. Uh, we start, as always, with a look back on how we did. Patriots was the big game. John, you thought that the Patriots cover Mike. You thought Tampa. So there was a little bit of a uh, an argument there. Uh, John, in the end, came out on top. Thursday night football, Mike, you said the Jags would cover. John, you said go out for under in the game. Both were correct. Both were correct on the Browns as well, covering. Uh, In the Cardinals game, Mike, you fancied the LA Rams. John, you said the under, so you were right on that one. Uh, And and just be clear to people on Twitter, because I I actually got uh, John's best bet wrong, because for some reason I thought your best bet was in the Rams game, but it was not, John. So in terms of best bet winners... Uh, the only person who gets to put the tick to their name is me this week, of course, with my Green yeah. Bay Packers, the one I stole from Carlson. <laughs> you stole it. You stole it from me, and I used it in my column on Friday. And uh, so that that worked out well, well enough for both of us. I should point out, I did say the Tampa New England game would go under. Um, so that you know, and that one that one paid off. But otherwise, it was a tough week. Uh, the column was was the most frustrating because um, I had the Chargers to win by one to thirteen points, which I thought was pretty good value at seven to five. But they won by fourteen. So, <laughs> I, you know, I, I it's always you know you don't mind when you're completely wrong and you lose, <laughs> you lose because you said they'd win by thirteen and they won by twenty eight or something like that. But when you when they do it by a point, you just you do get frustrated. But that's why yeah. the, that's why the bookies are smarter than we are. Well, um, but I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not smarter than me. I won this week. Uh, but <laughs> and in saying that, I also had a very nice winning bet on Sunday, John, which I've now discovered in our little WhatsApp group. The secret of the winning bet is to not send it until it's actually pretty much over the line. What's happened yeah, is I've seen the entire thing. Yeah, I have sent them like midway through the games going, oh, it's on. And then been like, oh, wait. That it immediately. Turns out it's absolutely not on. Immediately not on, not on. But I did think there was value in the late games. I, I thought the over in the Rams Cardinal games uh, was was value, which just clicked. By the way, the LA Rams final drive, uh, which was garbage, could touchdown really uh, was what covered the over. I did think there was value in Baltimore at minus one and a half, especially with Denver's late withdrawals. Um. And I, I thought Green Bay were amazing value to be a Pittsburgh team that I, I think we've just spoke about last week that has Big Ben in uh, all sorts of trouble at the moment. And I may go back to the well again. We will see with that um, how we will get on. Update on the spreads for all of you guys before we get into everything as well is that no one's ice cold anymore. Uh, one and three teams to probably avoid are Washington, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, Tampa, KC, Atlanta, San Fran, Philly and the Jets. Uh, Philly... <laughs> 
Billy and the Jets sounds like a really bad, um, like uh, like lethal weapon or something. Um, <laughs> a musical. A musical, yeah. <laughs> Philly and the Jets closes in Broadway. Um, and finally, uh, top, 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 top of the against the spread trends are Talis, who have a 100% record, 4 and oh, gentlemen. Um, we got a lot to cover this week, right? So we're going to jump straight into the games. But But the only thing that we really need to talk about is get both of your opinions on the Cardinals because they are hot right now, John Bath. Let's start with you. Are they the best team in football? Well, they've had the best start of anyone. I mean, no one can deny that. They're the only team in the NFL that's still 4-0, which is interesting to think about because if you remember to this week, last season, if memory serves, there was a good three or four or five teams that were still unbeaten at this stage of the season. Um, so that was a great win for them. That was a statement win, I thought, for them uh, last weekend against the Rams. And they were a team who had a great start to the season themselves under Sean McVay. Um, so are, are they the best team in football? You can make an argument for it. Are they, are they the best team in the NFC? I think that's the minimum thing we can say at the moment. Uh, you know, the team, a lot of, like a lot was made when they drafted Kyler Murray, uh, number one in the draft, just a year after taking Josh Rosen with, I think, the 10th pick. So, you know, that showed that the, the team was willing to make changes if they thought it was necessary. And I think that decision has been pretty much vindicated so far. Kyler Murray is looking to be outstanding. And I think, I mean, I haven't seen the odds for the MVP yet, but you'd have to imagine he's up there at the top as the, as the early front runner to take that. Um, but aside from that, though, I mean, you can't say this is a one-man show. They're playing pretty good, uh, decisive football. Everything seems to be working for them at the moment, even on the defense. And uh, they've got the, so, I mean, the two and two 49ers up next. That'll be another interesting test for them. But I think they're the, uh, the best team of football at the moment. Mike Carlson, are they the best team in football at the moment? I sort of doubt it, actually. Um, and screw you, I think, John. <laughs> I think I think what I think what goes unnoticed is that they actually played a really good defensive game against uh, the Rams. Uh, and you know, like the pickup of JJ Watt, um, you know, works out well. Van Joseph's Vance Joseph's um, game plan for that game was was you know spot on they they made Matt Stafford look much more ordinary remember last by last around last week a lot of people were saying Matt Stafford was the MVP um of That's the NFL <laughs> yeah so well he's a lot of people yeah. and <laughs> and um so you know I'm in kind of a wait wait and see mood because I still believe that uh that division is going to be a little bit self-destructive it's going to be very difficult to get out of that division um, without a couple of losses along the way, um, Seattle, Seattle can beat you. Uh, San Francisco made some bad mistakes. And even though Jimmy G wasn't playing particularly well against Seattle, they were actually, you know, right in that game until he got, until he got, uh, his usual, his usual injury. So uh, I'm holding off on that in, in the, um, in, in the NFC, I still think Tampa, is probably the better, the best team uh, by a, a mar slight margin over Green Bay. Um, I think Arizona's right there, and, and you know, and deservedly at the top of that division now. Uh, but I still, I still get the sense that in the end, it could be as many as three teams coming out of that that division in, into the playoffs, and you know, who's ever hot at the time is is going to be a real threat. Mm, okay, well, we'll continue to look um, and we will have a sort of a check in on the Super Bowl prices as the season rolls on a uh, couple of little bits and bobs to update you on in terms of spreads as well. Um, 
The books, of course, did not cover um, Sunlight, which means that Tom Brady has now failed to cover his last eight regular season primetime games. Um, and speaking of primetime games, Derek Carr is 11-2 and two as an underdog in primetime. Uh, so maybe Raiders are one to look out for next time. They're underdogs in the primetime game, which can't be too far away, let's be truly honest. <laughs> um, and the last bit of option before we go uh, towards uh, the games that are coming up is, of course, it's time for the, oh, come on, guys, play of the week. And this week we go to the Bengals game. Uh, which uh, some of you may have seen, which was, uh, let me get uh, Bengals taking on Jacksonville, second and goal, 525 to go in the third quarter. Uh, the Bengals line up for what is a very, very obvious QB sneak. So all of the Jags defenders go around that area, leaving the Bengals wide receiver completely unmarked, completely unmarked. And they did not throw it to him. Burrow did not change the call and instead got flagged for the play in the end. Um, you can look it up on Twitter. Uh, loads of people just look for Jags Bengals play. Uh, it's absolutely he's actually waving at Burrow to throw him the ball. <laughs> um, but I guess uh, maybe a second year QB doesn't change the play like that. Yeah. My favorite moment of the weekend was probably when the Jets lined up um, to take a knee at the end of the game of regulation to go into overtime because it was tied and the announcers called it victory formation. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're a Jets fan, that might be as close as you get sometimes. Yeah, well, they did win. I mean, actually, it was amazing. It was a killer for, for betters, I think, all over that, that the Jets and the Giants both won in overtime, you know, games which none of us, I don't think, thought they were going to be in a position to win yeah, um, at, at all. You know, it, it was... Um, and I also thought that the offside call on the blocked field goal uh, by Pittsburgh against Green Bay was really awful. Um, you know, I don't know what they saw that I couldn't see, but I thought, you know, Pittsburgh did a great job of getting those guys timing and, and exactly right and keeping them off the line of scrimmage. And it's interesting because the only way Pittsburgh's going to win any games is by sacking the other team's quarterback or blocking kicks or, you know, stuff like that. Because unless they, unless they can um, play defense, they won't win games with their offense. Yeah, no, there was a couple of couple of dodgy calls, all right. And, and, and the Saints are now on my list because they were the team that let me down for my accumulator in the 6 p.m. games. Thankfully, the 9 o'clock one came in, but it really was, it was going along so nicely. And we've, uh, we've mentioned before, but John and I are in a, a group with a very hardcore Saints fan. And at one point when they went up by two, two touchdowns he was like they're starting to turn the screw now I'm going to pull away from them I was like that is inaccurate of what is ha- actually turned out to happen um, don't you hate don't you hate hardcore fans aren't they the most irritating thing in the world <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean I, no offense to Cleveland John but you know it's like um I am in a good mood though after what the Red Sox did to the evil empire last night so um, I will confess to moments of hardcore fandom myself. Ah, yes, and that is the—is that a—that's a wild card game, isn't it? I that believe. Just a one, it's a one, yeah, one game wild card. Now they have to go play Tampa, which I really doubt they—they'll be able to um, to win a series against the against the Rays. 
Well, look out for Bedford's brand new show, Baseball Only Better, coming soon. Apparently <laughs> yeah. coming right now. Um, uh, it will be every single day for eternity, because that's how long the season lasts. Uh, the slate of games we got for you. Uh, Thursday night football is a good one. LA Rams are at the Seattle Seahawks, 3-4 to four the Rams, 11-10 to 10 the Seahawks. 2.5 is a handicap, 54.5 is the over-under. In terms of your uh, early games, it should be noted, of course, there is a game in Wembley, which will be the first game we talk about. New York Jets take on Atlanta Falcons. Is it in Wembley or Spurs, actually? We'll look up that. It's in Whitehart Lane. Oh, you both said different stadiums. Let's no, just say it's in London. At, it is at Whitehart Lane, trust is me. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, 11-8 to New York Jets. The Falcons are 6-10. to 10. Uh, Three points to the handicap. 46.5 is the over-under. Uh, Eagles at Panthers. Dolphins at Bucks. Saints at WFT. Titans at Jags. Uh, Lions at Vikings. Broncos at Steelers. Packers at Bengals. Patriots at Texans are your 6 o'clock games. Your 9.05 games are Bears at Raiders. Browns at Chargers. Your 9.25 games are Giants at Cowboys. One we're going to cover. 49ers at Cardinals. And then you've got Bills in Kansas. And Colts at Ravens round us all off. Gentlemen, got to start at one place. Got to start in London, of course. Home to such luminaries as Michael Carson. Sort of. I mean, you live near enough London, Mike, don't you? Would you say you're in London? No, I'm not. I'm not in London. I was in London for many years, but now I'm I'm outside of London. Um, It's about 45 miles, basically. It's still commuters territory, more or less, because it's less than an hour's train ride. But that's when the trains are running. Mike sends in his bills to me, so I actually know his exact address. I have Google mapped it, and it's just this massive mansion. Um, Yeah, the best uh, thing about Zoom is that I don't charge you for travel. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that that is actually a fact 11 to 8 about the New York Jets the Atlanta Falcons are 6 to 10 3 points is the spread 46.5 right so I'll tell you what lads lots of people listen every week they're probably going to know we don't really like betting on the Jets but I personally (laughs) cannot stand betting on the Falcons because they find a way to falcon it up they're like they're just like they're just oh oh the Falcons are seventeen points up with six minutes to go. They lost. It's um, so so I, this is a toughie. I couldn't believe I couldn't believe that loss last week um, to to WTF. I mean the WTF was all like Atlanta WTF. Um, but yeah, isn't isn't betting on the Jets? Wasn't that an Elton John <laughs> song? <laughs> betting on the Jets. Boom. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I mean, I thought there was there was some there was a lot to like in what the what the Jets did. You know, the, I think their defense is going to wind up being pretty good. Um, and Wilson Wilson had a couple of moments, you know, and it's always going to be a difficult breaking in. And I don't think that Atlanta's defense is going to pose any extra problems for him. I don't think there's anything Atlanta can throw at him that that he hasn't already seen and, you know, and theoretically survived. So uh, I'm, I'm tempted, I'm tempted to stay away from this, especially when I haven't been out there this week, you know, like watching the teams or getting a sense because with London games, there's always, there's always that fear that one team is going to come over better adjusted to the, to the travel and the time zone difference and and the lack of practice um than the other and you never really know which one it was i used to always go with the team that traveled on thursday as opposed to the one that came on monday and stayed all week um but i don't think that applies in 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 this case so it's one i'm i'm 
tending to avoid. Um, and and to be honest, I think if you think the Jets can win this one, then you you could take them straight up straight up on the money line uh, rather than taking the three points. Yeah. It is a tough one. I get what you say. I've been to a number of, of Wembley, well, two, maybe three. Yeah, three. Um, that's a number, yeah. I, I made it sound like I go every year. I <laughs> mean, obviously, I live, in, I, live in, I, I live in Ireland. You know, it's very expensive for me to travel to London. I'm, I'm not Carlson. Like, I can't afford things willy-nilly. Um, <laughs> I, and I did find that I've been to two blowouts. Um, I think Saints-Miami, which one was real. Miami just decided, like, midway through the first quarter, you know what? Not, not enter this today. Let's just not bother. Um, <laughs> um, so they can be blowouts. Um, so I get where you're coming from. It, it is one maybe. I mean, we have said before there's value in play. There is value in play. You could have got Kansas in play this week. You could have got Packers in play when they went 7-0 down. Um, minus four was 13-10 to 10 when they were 7-0 down Packers. I mean, that was a bet, let me tell you. So... It may be a case of watching it, or it could be just a case, John, of just going on the over and saying, look, I, I, I think both teams can't really defend. We've seen the Falcons can't defend. Jets, I mean, the Titans did rip them apart occasionally, even last week. So over, maybe? Yeah, basically, that's my thinking on this as well. The, the It's 46 and a half, so I think you know there is potential for some points in this one. But I, I agree with kind of both of what you're saying is this is a... This is could these games, the London games are particularly volatile ones to try and predict because, uh, as Mike suggested, there's a lot of variables that exist in this game that don't really exist in, in other games, uh, namely time difference, travel, things like that, but also the removal of the, the kind of the concept of home advantage. So, I mean, this is a home Falcons game on the schedule, but it's clearly not really because how often would they play? Out in, out in London. So with that being said, I mean, if I was to look at this just straight up, I think I would suggest that the Jets are coming into this with a little more momentum uh, after their performance last weekend. But not, not just the fact that they won the game. Like they, they spent a, a high draft pick, the second draft pick on Zach Wilson. And he didn't really hit the ground running in the first few weeks of the season. But last weekend, 297 yards, two touchdowns. And, you know, the start of or a continued example of what looks to be a connection with Corey Davis's receiver. So look, I think they can uh, they can certainly put some points on this. And again, as I say, it's a volatile game. I'm expecting some points to be put on the board with some players kind of, you know, this is the sort of game you can see some defensive lapses, some defensive mishaps. And I think 46 and a half is quite an attractive number for this. So I'm like you, Kieran, I'm hitting the over. Okay. That that mo- that momentum's a lot like the the uh, jets, the jet stream that propels your plane from New York to London in, <laughs> in five, five and a half hours. I, I mean, the Titans should have won that game quite easily. They, yeah. they, they really dominated long stretches of that game, but, but, but threw it away. But I, you know, I think what John's saying is absolutely right. And then I said at the beginning, there was a lot to take positive from that jet, Jets performance, and there wasn't much to take positive from the Falcons. Okay. Betting on the Jets. That'll be interesting. Uh, LA Rams, uh, Seattle Seahawks is a very, very strong looking Thursday night football. LA Rams are three to four. Seattle Seahawks are 11 to 10. 2.5 is the over under. 54.5 is uh, the current, sorry, is the over under. 2.5 is the spread. I guess, guys, you know, one of the things that we talk about, Mike, I know with Seattle, you are you are a fan of them as kind of dark horses. Every year we kind of come into it and we think, 
it's not just going to be Russell Wilson just running around the field and <laughs> lobbing the ball in the air to like lock it or one of them. They will actually have a more concise plan because they've had an off season. But every year it's Russell Wilson <laughs> running around the field, lobbing the ball in the air. Whoever can catch right. What is You're going on? Um, it's, it doesn't matter who Pete Carroll brings in as his offensive coordinator um, or as the weapons, the result is always the same. And, you know, what, what keeps them alive sort of is that his, he's, he's changed his defensive system on the, on the run basically because the personnel has changed and he's had, he's had to adjust to that. Um, But I, I still think it, it's, it's Russell Wilson pulling games out of the fire that, that they basically managed to stay close in. Uh, so now what I'm asking myself is, is this a game where the Rams can get ahead? Because as we saw last week, and as we've been saying, I think for a long time, the Rams are front runners. If Sean McVay has a lead at halftime, he hardly ever loses. If he doesn't have a lead at halftime, he usually does lose. Um, and Seattle's the kind of team that score can score points in bunches because Lockett, TK Metcalf are big, big play players, and Russell Wilson can find them for that. The question is simply how long does Seattle wait to establish that? And, and you know, the pattern of last week was that they almost waited, waited too long, but they were helped by Garoppolo's injuries. The problem now is simply that the Rams are traveling on the short week. Um, I think they're very well drilled offensively. Uh, I don't know how well they'll be, how good they'll be defensively. I'm leaning toward, I am leaning towards Seattle in this one. Um, And with the spread below three, I think I would take them. Interesting. I I kind of thought our Rams love affair would continue. Rams have been one of the the most impressive teams in football, uh, John, uh, up until, of course, the weekend. They obviously have an amazing QB, as we all know, as everyone knows, people say, people are saying he's an MVP candidate. Um, but yeah, like it's just it's the Seahawks. They're so like they could do anything. That's it. Like, yeah, Kieran, you you're talking about your boy Stafford there. That's uh, just a little bit of stats for you. He's third for yards among quarterbacks in the league and he's second for touchdowns. So I mean that that's paying it. That trade is working. Meanwhile, Jared Goff is off doing whatever he's doing in Detroit and Sean <laughs> doesn't care, doesn't give a jot about it. Um that's uh Mike kind of persuaded me there a little bit. I mean, I've got my notes here and I'm, I was, I'm picking a, I know I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to pick a Rams win in this, but Mike made some good points. I think particularly I hadn't really taken into account the short week. I think that's going to be, that's, you know, to travel in a short week is a difficult thing to do, but I think ultimately what this game will show, like this seems, doesn't this seem like one of those games that, you know, when we look back at this towards the, the, the latter weeks of the season, this is one of those games that's going to have a big impact on who's coming out of that division, who's going to make the playoffs, in what manner, will it be a wild card, will it be top of the division, who knows what's going to happen. But I think that this uh, the Rams team, you know, they had that dispiriting loss last weekend to another very good team in Arizona. And uh, it kind of, you know, I think that they can they can pull it out this time. Uh, just in terms of Seattle, you kind of touched it at the top there, Kieran, with this, you know, just Russell Wilson ball. Just put him out there and kind of, you know, hopefully give him some protection and hopefully and just see if he can, you know, pull you out of the fire. He doesn't seem to be playing to me. Like this time last year, in the first six or seven weeks of the season, we were talking about him as an MVP candidate as well, kind of like we mentioned Murray at the top mm-hmm. of the show. Doesn't seem to be the same this year. So I think that's going to show uh, on the scoreboard. And I think the Rams will take this. And I think they'll cover as well. Interesting. And just Mike, uh, like you mentioned Seattle, 
or you fancied them, like would you be taking them on the money line? Because it's obviously with three points. No, uh, I think not. I, I mean, if they're if they are eleven to ten on the on the money line, but it's ten to eleven with the points. I think in this case, I would I would take the I would take the points. Okay, all right. Uh, uh, to Sunday's games, the Green Bay Packers take on the Cincinnati Bengals. It is six to ten about the Green Bay Packers. Cincinnati Bengals are eleven to eight. Three is the handicap is fifty point five um, on the over under. Packers have bounced back, guys, from a disastrous week one to be where we kind of sort of thought that they would be, which is kind of getting the job done, uh, despite. I guess despite the fact that Aaron Rodgers really only has a couple of people that he throws the ball to, for lack of a better way of describing it, he's got a, like a couple of tight ends that he doesn't throw the ball to. He's got, you know, Mike, you're looking at me. He's, he's only got like three players. He, th- no, you're he throws right. the ball you're to. Right. It's, it's his circle of trust, basically. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a conscious decision. <laughs> you know, he'll only go to certain guys if he absolutely has to. And most of the time he's not even looking for them. He'll, he'll stand there and wait and wait and wait for his preferred receiver to be, to be open. Um, obviously, Devontae Adams gets about half of the passes thrown to him. Yep. Ta- Tanyan will get a few. Um, Randall Cobb is, ba- is back in his good graces based on last week. He was looking for Cobb in a number of cases. Um, and, you know, Alan Lazard is Alan Hazard. <laughs> if, you're, if, if, you're, um, if you're him and the other guys don't, you know, the backs will get will get throws, but um, you know he's basically seen off Equanimous St. Brown and and you know guys like that. So I, I I think this is a really interesting game because the Bengals are three and one and no one's really paying attention to them, but Joe Burrow has looked very good. Um, adding adding Jamar Chase has been really good for them, and the weakness of the Green Bay team is basically the secondary. Um, so, so it's going to give Cincinnati a chance to, to put some points on the board. Um, Rogers, Rogers may well be involved in the end in the shootout in this game. So I, I think the over, which is 55, 50.5 is a pretty good, pretty good bet. Even though you think of a, a, any Cincinnati game as being an under game, almost by definition. Okay. Uh, yeah. Look, we, we haven't really talked much about Joe Burrow. We did last season, obviously, because he was performing quite well. Then he was injured, etc. But they're one of those teams that I suppose we've been guilty of sleeping on a bit like Vikings, but we managed to get them beat last week, John. So uh, <laughs> let, let's, let's, let's get the Bengals beat this week, eh? Yeah, I, and I, I think that's how it's going to go down. Um, I, I very much agree with Mike. I think the key to this game is the uh, it looks like Jair Alexander is going to be missing from the secondary for, for Green Bay, which, as Mike sort of suggested, that's, that could lead to a lot of points being put on the board and a potential shootout between these two quarterbacks, um, Aaron Rodgers and Joe Burrow. So I think, yeah, the, the over 50.5 is a, is a fantastic bet on this one, I think. But it's, yeah, this is, it's just, I think the, it's just to look at this Bengals team. They're, they're, they're very solid, particularly compared to how they've been looking for the last two or three seasons. And I couldn't agree more with Mike about how Jamar Chase is working out. If you remember in the draft this year, it was kind of the big narrative for the Bengals coming into it was, are they going to take Burrow's buddy Chase or are they going to take Panay Sewell to try and protect Burrow? They went for the more aggressive route, which was to give uh, Joe Burrow another target and a target that he's familiar with from college. And it's so far anyway, it's paying off. Um, and it's really increased the potential to put points on the board as well, which is obviously the name of the game. Uh, so, yeah, over 50.5 in this one, I think, in what should be a pretty entertaining game on, on Sky Sports at 6 p.m. 
Yeah, hopefully so. Hopefully so. Uh, the uh, the 925 game is a game that we would have mocked in previous seasons of NFL only better, but we shall not mock them now for both are coming off victories. The New York Giants are at the Dallas Cowboys, who, as we mentioned earlier on, are top of the spreads. So, you know, Papa likes to join in when they red hot streaks. So it's obvious that it's the Dallas Cowboys who are going to win this game and cover because these Cowboys are doing some covering, John Balfe. They sure are here, aren't they? They're a different team, three and one to, to start the campaign. And it's looking, you know, they pointed to all their deficiencies last season, namely having uh, Dak Prescott in available for the majority of the season. And as we've touched on in several episodes of this show, just the weird regression that I've noticed, and most people have noticed, I suppose, in, in Ezekiel Elliott. Now, is he coming back to his best? I guess time will tell on that one. But um, I think this is a, a very winnable game between two division rivals. The Cowboys are looking pretty good they're looking like they can really really get some points on the board and for the giants i mean i think they'll be very heartened by their their win against the saints last weekend and also by the fact that the game changer for them was the person that they've invested so much of their their capital into saquon barkley and he he had a good game two touchdowns on the board his first two of the season so that might be enough to keep the uh the scoreboards close but i think ultimately you know I think for the Giants to go away to the Saints win and then to do it to go away to the Cowboys again the next weekend to win is a big ask. So I'm I'm sticking with Dallas on this one. Yeah, yeah Mike, I, I mean we, we we love the Cowboys. We this show has been <laughs> a huge cowboy like cowboy, yeah, cowboys, baby. That's where we have been always. America's team, we're really? back. Go with it, Mike. Really? Ireland's team, maybe. Um but the uh, I think I think what John said about the road the road thing is really important. Teams do tend to play badly their second game on the road, um, or at least decline. Um, and I think the Saquon Zeke Elliott thing is kind of an interesting matchup. You know, we usually they highlight usually they highlight uh, quarterback matchups, but th- this one the running matchup could be the big one. I think Zeke's been sort of like jet propelled by the fact that Tony Pollard has looked so good every time he's touched the ball and he, he realizes there's a, there's a threat to, to his job behind them. But um, despite Leo Collins' suspension for trying to bribe the guy who collects the drug sample. Love it. Love it. <laughs> that, that's one of the best stories of the year in the NFL. And, and obviously the league's not, not crowing about it. Um, but um, I, I think that uh they, they looked offensively pr- pretty good against what is a decent, you know, Carolina defense. Now that it tended to be overrated a bit because they hadn't played any good offensive teams to that point, but still they, they were, they were playing pretty well. I, I had Dallas winning last week and covering uh, because without Christian McCaffrey, I think the, um, the Panthers offense becomes a lot more limited and, and easy to defend. And, and JC Horn was their best defend defensive player apart from chin. So I don't think the Giants present the same level of competition to them that um, that the uh, Panthers did. They handled the Panthers easily. I think they handled the Giants uh, easily and, and yeah, um, cover cover and win. Yeah. I'm just wondering if the uh, the bird that uh, is in the background there, Mike, for you agrees with you. Because as you were talking about Dallas, he seemed to get really riled up. So he's obviously a big Cowboys fan or a Giants fan. Yeah. I'll tell you what that is, is that there's this one guy sending me message after message trying to get a betting tip on the on the baseball tonight. <laughs> Wait, me. so that's your ring? That's your text ringtone? That's not a bird it's, in the background? It's the WhatsApp ringtone. I didn't think it was audible when, when I had the, the um, earphones <laughs> in. 
so I, I apologize for that. Uh, let me, let, me, let me turn that down. I thought it was just me that it was bothering. <laughs> oh, wonderful. And uh, we'll go to the uh, Sunday night game, which, as you expect, is a cracker. Uh, Buffalo Bills are heading to Kansas, six to five about the Bills, uh, four to six Kansas City. Three points is the current spread, and the over under is 56.5. Uh, much like Dallas, and, and like we kind of sort of said, John, start with you that um, obviously with Dallas, they're they're playing well and they're performing well. So the Bills are playing well and performing well. But the, the, but the big one going into this is we have mentioned uh, that the Chiefs have not got off to the best start. They're not great at covering spreads. They did this week for the first time in, in, in a long while. Um, and they need to win because of where they are and the, the, the conference that they're in, et cetera, the division that they're in, et cetera. Uh, so you, you kind of think this is getting to a bit of a must win for the Chiefs. I know it's only week five, but, you know. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, here. And I think that in my in my notes, I sort of scribbled down here to talk about this game. That was kind of my, my central point, I suppose, is that like we did maybe not week one, maybe week two and week three, we certainly talked about the Chiefs. And like your question to, to both Mike and I was, you know, is it start is it time to start worrying about this this Kansas City team? Are they, you know, are they the same free scoring, strong defensive unit that they were the last couple of years? And uh, I mean the the point that both Mike and I kind of made in response to that was like Listen, every NFL team is going to going to lose a couple of games. Every big NFL team and every any Super Bowl favorite, I should say, is going to win a couple of games across the, the course of the season. But maybe that maybe they're kind of front loading them, you know. But if after week five, and like this is a very very uh, tough game to welcome Buffalo to their stadium. If after five games they're two and three in a in a very competitive uh, AFC, that's when you know there should be real some real concerns starting to go there because. If they come out of this with a loss, like I said, they'll be two and three. There'll be a bunch of teams who've started four and one. Uh, so that's already putting themselves with very, very little for mar- little margin for error moving forward throughout the rest of the season. And with that comes a great deal of pressure. Will that sort of pressure uh, translate to the to the field? Will, will Mahomes feel like he has to pull stuff out of the fire a bit more than he used to you know, and, and try and force things a bit more? I guess we'll see. But in terms of this particular game, just the way the two teams are playing at the moment, I, it's hard to pass up the Bills with what I think when I checked last night was three points. That, that's, that's, a, uh, that's a very attractive thing. Even the fact that they have to, to go away to, to Kansas City, one of the Super Bowl favorites, the team that's been there the last two seasons in a row. But I just can't, I can't stay away from Josh Allen and the Bills on this one. Okay. Mike, uh, how do you see this one, this one going pretty quickly? We'll round it's up this one on the late game. Yeah, it's interesting because... Um, the Bills are very well set up to defend the Chiefs the way everybody wants to defend the Chiefs this year, um, which is based on having watched um, the uh, the Super Bowl, which is to, to keep your two safeties deep, to keep Tyreek Ty Hill under control um, and, and to rush them. The Bills can do pretty much all of that. They, they're very good at containing teams. And I, I think that's going to make it difficult. I think I agree with what John's saying. And, and I think one of the factors we blame, we blame the chiefs defense all the time, but one of the factors is Mahomes really is trying to win games by himself, you know, more than I think he, he was doing in the past. And some people are saying, well, he's believing all the hype about no look passes and stuff like that. My only question about this um, is in a game with a 50, what is it, 52 and a half point over under, which assumes a high scoring game, a three point uh, spread is a small, is a very small spread. 
um, it's devalued in, in that sense. Um, just like say the Patriots Houston, where, where the over-under is 39 and this and the spread is eight and a half, uh, that's overvalued. You know, that that's that's like a quarter 20% of all the points that are going to be scored. So I'm I'm not quite jumping on to the Bills at, at this point, although I do think the over is is probably a pretty safe, not safe, but a pretty good bet. Okay, over. Uh, final game. Let's run through it really quick. Colts uh, at Ravens, five to two. The Colts. Ravens are three to ten. Seven points is uh, the handicap or spread. Nine to ten. Uh, that at forty six point five. Um, at this one, uh, Ravens. They're they're up and they're down. I guess that, that that's what we kind of expected from them this season. They they met a poor Denver team in my. Uh, estimation really last weekend I know you are what you are is what was they say you know in terms of your record but I think the Broncos record flattered them a little bit and I think the Ravens were able to completely <laughs> shut them down like so did we learn much about the Baltimore Ravens in that game no are they good enough to beat the Colts you would assume so Mike quickly yeah this is another one where I think Indy is pretty well designed to be able to defend the Colts because they're so quick on defense um, up front and all but I think the Colt the the Ravens will be able to have their way somewhat with the with the indie offense and, and put Carson Carson Wentz off. Um, so I think the Colts win this one. This is this is seven is about the most or about the least I would uh, take the Colts with. If if it were over seven, I might take the Colts to lose lose in cover. But I think at seven the Ravens can pull this one off. I also think under forty six might be a, a, a good bet here, John. Yeah, well, very quickly, I agree with Mike. I'm, I'm, my bet is the uh, the under 46 and a half, I think it is. Uh, and my justification for that is basically neither team is particularly sturdy defending the run. Both are in the the top 10 or the bottom 10, I should say, uh, in run defense. So I think that that can lead to some low scoring game with, with the clock moving on. So under 46 and a half. All right. OK, um, which uh, leads us, of course, naturally to our best bets of the week. Uh, I as the hot hand. Yes, yes. Thank you. Brilliant. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm going to go back to Pittsburgh Steelers, um, who I, I think are, are playing quite poorly at the moment. Well, poorly, but I, I, I just don't think they're really firing. They played the Denver Broncos at the weekend. The over-under in that game is 39.5. I think it'll be under. I, I really do. Uh, Broncos only scored seven at the weekend. Steelers only managed a couple against uh, Green Bay. Denver don't look like they can score that much. Pittsburgh don't look like they can score that much either. Their drives are going to be long drives to take them up the field sporadically, like bop, 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 12, 12 yards, 15 yards kind of thing. I think time will run out more than anything else on a high-scoring game. So I'm going to go for probably the first time in the history of NFL, only better after after 51 episodes. And we didn't even celebrate episode 50 last week in the way we should have. But after 51 episodes, I have cracked. I've come over to the dark side. I've joined Carlson. <laughs> and I am going with an under in a game. And it is the Denver Broncos at the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if it is a blowout, I shall never hit <laughs> The under again. That's, never thought I'd hear the day, Kieran. Kieran O'Connor going for an under. This is breaking <laughs> new ground here. Live, live and learn. Better. It's awful, you know. Yeah. You know. So be, I'm, okay, oh, go ahead, John. Go oh, ahead. Okay, I'll, I'll be quick. Oh. Uh, it's one of the games we discussed earlier, so I won't uh, labor the point too much. But my best bet this week is the over 15 and a half in the Green Bay and Cincinnati game, particularly for the reasons I described with um, Packers secondary being a little bit weak. I think that can lead to some points on the board and a bit of a shootout between two quarterbacks who are good at putting points on the board. So over 15 and a half for me. 
Yeah, I was looking at the New England-Houston game until the whole left side of New England's offensive line, which didn't perform that well last week, is now out with COVID. <laughs> so even the 8.5 is hard. The under, the under 39.5 um, in that game might well work as well. But, I, you know, I like Dallas so much in this game against the Giants. I'm going to just take Dallas uh, to win and cover as the best bet. Pew, pew, pew. Everyone's favorite team, baby, Dallas. <laughs> Go Cowboys. <laughs> you know, we love them. They're our favorite team ever. Uh, that is our best bets. Thank you so much uh, for listening. Uh, a few little things to remind you. Of course, please do gamble responsibly this weekend and every weekend. The second thing to remind you is it is a special week on Betfair. It's a daily, double daily rewards. If you bet 20 on multiples, you'll get a £10 free bet. That's every single day. So it's doubled from 5 to 10. Bet 20 on multiples. Any type of multiples, any type of sport. Hey, you get a tenor free bet that you can use. Um, so uh, a really exciting week over <laughs> on Betfair. Uh, I would like to thank my two partners in crime, uh, John Baff and Mike Carlson. Hopefully, gentlemen, a couple of winners in there. And we can go back happy as jolly as we are this week and not kind of awkward like Urban Meyer on the dance floor type thing. <laughs> Oh, so you write that oh, one yeah. down, Kieran? Did you just come up with that? Yeah. that really I did. I did. No, I just no. John, I don't. I don't write, John. I'm not. Actually, I'm not yeah, a writer. I, I should know better. Yeah. Kieran doesn't prepare for this. I don't yeah, prepare. someone ought to tell. <laughs> someone ought to tell Urban Meyer about mobile phones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Interesting character. Uh, thank you so much, Ryan. Hopefully, those come true. Hopefully, we've got a few more winning bets. Hopefully, all our best bets wins, and hopefully, you join us next week for another exciting edition of NFL Only Better, episode fifty-two. Next week, it's not really a kind of a round number, but we might do a competition or something soon. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.